This is the ActiveX Back Show from Edinburgh, Scotland's vibrant capital. Hosted by award-winning registered osteopath, author and all-round pain guru, Gavin Routledge. If you want relief or prevention of lower back pain or sciatica, and you want to be healthier, keep listening. The following program should not be taken as medical advice, but for informational purposes only. Hey, 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 ActiveXer. Welcome back to the ActiveX Backs podcast. And in this episode, I will be answering the question, why does my lower back hurt when I sit down? Okay, so diving right in, the year was 1988, and a young man hurt his back doing an awkward lift in a gym. He didn't think much about it before because he'd had pain before, but as the, you know, initially, you know, over a few days, the pain gradually settled down, but, but then it flared up again, and increasingly, as the weeks and months rolled by, he had more and more lower back pain when he sat. Sitting became a nightmare. This was me, 1988. I was 19 years old. I was an osteopathic student, so I was learning how to help people who had pain And yet here was I, sometimes debilitated by pain, frequently triggered by sitting. Sitting in lectures became a nightmare. I used to sit at the back for about five minutes, which is about as long as I could tolerate before I'd have to stand up and sort of prowl around at the back of the lecture hall. Obviously, I had forewarned all my uh, tutors and lecturers that this would happen. They were very understanding, but you know what? I approached a number of osteopathic tutors, experienced osteopaths, some of whom were willing to try and help me, but none of whom provided me with a lasting solution to my lower back pain, which also started to develop into sciatica. And that was my my professional beginnings. I was puzzled, frustrated, Uh, both with my own problem, but also the lack of any real clarity that the profession provided. Why was sitting such a big problem? Now, I now understand exactly why, or at least I think I do, as best as I can. This is based on years of experience and um, some serious studying of the mechanisms of pain and biomechanics. So why does my lower back hurt when I sit down? I would refer you back to the first uh, few episodes of this podcast, episodes one to six, which are our foundational episodes, but in particular episodes five and six, where I elaborate the equation for pain or the pain equation, as I often call it. And we're just going to dive into this briefly because this framework, the pain equation, is a really, I think, uh, and by all means, question me, uh, challenge me if you think I'm wrong, but I think it's a useful framework through which to analyse why you have the amount of pain that you have at any given moment in time. So why does my lower back hurt when I sit? Let's look at the equation. Pain, P, So the amount of pain you experience is P equals N, we'll come back to this, N meaning nociception minus movement without pain plus negative outlook minus positive outlook plus attention to body part plus previous volume of pain. Now that may all sound gobbledygook to you at the moment, but please go back to episodes five and six where I dive into this in detail. 
But I'm just going to use that framework just to break down why your lower back hurts when you sit down. So P, pain. That's what we're trying to establish. Why do you have the amount of pain that you have at any given moment in time? Now, N, nociception. If you've not listened to my stuff before, you may have missed the fact that there are no such things as pain nerves. Yeah, when you refer to pain nerves, really the nerves that are out there in your body are actually called nociceptors. They detect noxious events, noxious inputs, inflammation, trauma, high or very low temperature. These sorts of things cause your nociceptors to fire. Now, in your case, sitting, what is it about sitting that could cause your nociceptors to fire? Well, it will come down to two things. One, position and two, duration. Those two factors will determine whether your nociceptors fire. And of course, other elements, but I'm talking about the biomechanics, but okay, it would be fair to say, if you have inflammation in the area of the nociceptors, they're more likely to fire as well. So if you have inflammation in your lower back, your nociceptors may very well fire. But why when you sit? So for this, we'll go back to the old game of take your forefinger and push it back with the palm of the other hand. So let's take the palm of one hand, push back on your forefinger to the point where you have a little bit of discomfort. So push it right back. Now that's positional. So if I hold my finger in that position, my nociceptors may very well be firing. Yeah, nociceptors are there to say, stop doing that. So there's a positional element. So if you're sitting in a position that puts your back under a degree of mechanical strain, as you're doing with your finger there, your nociceptors are likely to fire. And they will fire before you actually cause any damage. Now the second one is duration. So if you hold that finger in a position of that extreme position, the longer you hold it for, the more those nociceptors are likely to fire. But you could back off a little bit. So you could take the strain off a little bit, but still hold it there for a prolonged period of time. And again, eventually the nociceptors will start to fire because they're telling you that your tissues are fatiguing. And if you keep doing that, buddy, you are going to strain something. You're going to do yourself some damage. So the nociceptors are there to say, stop. Okay. So out there in your body, nociceptors, that's the first variable in how much pain you're likely to experience. So why does my lower back hurt when I sit down? Either because you're staying in that position for a prolonged period of time, or you're in a position that essentially is causing your nociceptors to fire. Okay? All right, I don't know if that's oversimplified things or overcomplicated things for you, but for me, duration and position are crucial. So secondly, movement without pain is one of the factors, um, one of the variables in the pain equation. So this relates to duration. Again, the longer you sit still means that you are not moving and moving without pain is one of the ways of reducing your pain. So if you don't want to hurt when you sit down, try not to sit still. So I have a favorite exercise called the seated wobble. So as you're sitting in your chair, just wobble from cheek to cheek and your back will thank you for it. It likes movement and particularly, as in this variable, movement without pain.
So, so far we've got P equals N nociception minus movement without pain. Next, we have negative outlook. So if you are stressed, if you associate sitting with, ah, I'd rather not be sitting, then you are likely to experience more pain. And I'm not going to go into this in great depth, but take it from me, your emotional centers are closely intertwined with your pain pathways. So negative outlook, if you're stressed, that will increase your pain minus positive outlook. So if you're feeling good and positive about things, if you're really engaged in something you enjoy doing, you have positive outlook, then you're likely to have less pain. Okay, so P equals N minus MWP plus NO minus PO plus attention to body parts. So the more you think about your back being sore, the more sore it's going to be. And that can be a vicious cycle because it's kind of difficult not to think about something when it's sore, isn't it? So the more attention you pay to that sore bit, the more sore it's likely to be. And I certainly did this when I was an osteopathic student. I used to really sort of uh, ruminate, is the word, ruminate over how sore my back was when I was sitting. I would sit there thinking about all the things that could possibly be wrong with it. And that definitely aggravates your pain. Now, finally, the last variable we have is previous volume of pain. So that refers to both the amount of pain you've had in the past, a cumulative amount, but also the severity of the pain. So the more severe your pain has been in the past, and in this context, when sitting, and the more total uh, amount of pain you've had, the worse your pain will tend to be. And this was definitely a vicious cycle for me. So the more often I sat and experienced pain, the more I was essentially wiring my nervous system for pain when sitting. So the more you do an activity that results in pain, the more your brain associates the two. And here, so I'm just going to leave advice for the last stage of this uh, um, podcast episode, but basically I want you to know that I still to this day associate sitting with pain. 30 years plus later, the most common trigger for me for lower back pain, and I very, very rarely get it now, but the most common trigger is sitting because my brain was so ex exposed to so much pain on so many occasions when sitting that fundamentally I became to I came to associate sitting with lower back pain. So even though nowadays sitting for half an hour, it's very unlikely that my nociceptors are firing at that point, especially the way I sit. I sit in a, what we call an active seated style. So I sit nice and tall. I do a little bit of wobbling while I sit and so on. But I can still get mild low backache if I sit for a long time. And I think this is less to do with the nociceptors, so less to do what's happening out there in my body, and much more to do with what's happened in the past and this previous volume of pain. There is a, fray, a, saying, a, fraying, a saying in neurology that nerves that fire together wire together. So the more frequently those nerve pathways fire, the more they become hardwired into your central nervous system. So in summary, 
P, the amount of pain that you experience, is equal to nociception minus movement without pain plus negative outlook minus positive outlook plus attention to body part minus, or rather, plus previous volume of pain. Now, let's make it simpler still. What is that pain trying to tell you? So remember the biological purpose of pain is an alarm system. So if you do something and it hurts, guess what? If you were looking for advice from your body, I think the advice it's offering you is don't do that or don't do it in the way that you have been doing it. Yeah, because otherwise you'll end up like me with an overly sensitive um, pain processing system. Yeah, so the more you expose your body and your nervous system to painful stimuli, um, whether that's due to nociception out there in the body or central processing, what's happening in your, in your brain, the more pain you experience, the more likely you are to experience pain in the future. Yeah, so you've, become, you've come to associate that activity with pain. Okay, so advice. I have three pillars here or three golden rules. The first one is that your best posture is your next posture. This idea that there is a perfect way of sitting is fatally flawed because when people think there's a perfect way of sitting, they tend to, to try and sit in that way repeatedly and for long periods because, you know, that's what people do. They sit for long periods. So they put this concept of, and it's very commonly in this one promoted, particularly by health and safety people, this idea of sitting at 90 degree angles. And I have comments on that, not for this episode, but I've certainly commented on how you might choose to sit. But if you're focused on sitting at right angles all of the time, then the problem is that is a prolonged posture. So we're back to duration. Remember, the longer you sit, the more likely those nociceptors are to fire, especially the longer you sit in one position. So rather than thinking there is an ideal posture, stick to that golden rule that your best posture is your next posture. Variety is the spice of life. Okay, second, second golden rule, use it or lose it, but don't abuse it. Don't abuse it means don't do things that hurt. Don't do things that cause you more pain. But on the other hand, if you don't use it, you will lose it. And this ties in a whole number of these um, um, variables in the pain equation, but especially the movement without pain. So use it or lose it, but don't abuse it. So move without pain. The third, excuse me, the third golden rule would be start low and build slow. So if you are having problems with sitting, don't, um, don't eliminate it entirely. Now you may need to for a very short period, but you wanna get back to sitting in some sort of seated posture without pain at a low level, so low duration. I don't mean a physically low. In fact, for most people sitting low down is a bad idea, but certainly start low and build slow. So do a little bit of sitting. Maybe it's a minute, maybe it's two minutes. Sit for as long as you can without increasing your pain 
and then slowly build up the duration of your sitting. This is one area I went completely wrong in when I was an osteopathic student. I used to sit for as long as I could tolerate, which, believe me, got less and, you know, less and less time. I was down to maybe sitting for three, four, five minutes at a time before I simply had to get up because the pain level was kind of, you know, eight, nine out of 10 at times. So don't sit for as long as you can bear it. Start low and build slow, and that way you will be able to gradually rehabilitate back to being able to sit for more prolonged periods. Don't end up like me with a kind of overly sensitized back that really doesn't thank you for sitting. Okay, uh, there we have it. Why does my lower back hurt when I sit down? Go back to the pain equation, episodes five and six of the podcast. It has a lot to do with duration and position and ultimately association. The longer you have pain for, it becomes kind of associated in your nervous system, the sitting with the pain. And, and advice pieces are best posture is your next posture. Use it or lose it, but don't abuse it and start low and build slow. And by the way, if you'd like a free assessment of your lower back pain or sciatica, go to backpainandsciatica.com. Do the free assessment there. It will also um, what we call triage you, so it will work out whether you ought to be seeing a clinician or not. But it will then give you what we call a functional assessment that you can then take and help to rebuild your back and build it back to being the back that you want so that you can ultimately be active for life. Okay, thanks for listening and see you again at the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the ActiveX Backs Show. If you'd like a free assessment to set you on track to relief and prevention, just go to backpainandsciatica.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please pass it along to your friends and colleagues. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at ActiveXPacks.